Hello everyone and welcome back to Mistresses of Murder. We're back. And I'm Cindy. And I'm Cheyenne. And Cheyenne's going to tell us a wild one about the murder of Jody Sanderholm. Sander, Sanderholm. We know I'm going to get that wrong, but we're going to let her do talking anyway. So go ahead, my friend. Alright, so on January 5th, 2007, Jody Sanderholm, she was, so she attended Cowley College and she was very big into dance, so she went to dance practice at her school, and it ended at like 10.45 in the morning, and she was supposed to, normally she gets out of school or practice, and she goes home, and she takes out the mail, and she eats lunch, and takes a shower and all that, but nobody saw or heard from her after her practice, so she lived, so they live in Arkansas City, Kansas. Which confused me at first. Which is an Arkansas city. Arkansas, <laughs> which is kind of strange, but go ahead. Exactly. I digress. Um, so her mom's name is Cindy, and her sister that Cindy. I know, I was thinking about that the whole time. Yeah, I love that prize, but yeah. This isn't going to end well for Cindy, so I don't want to be that Cindy. I'm so sorry. Uh, she also had a sister who was pregnant at the time. Her name is Jennifer, and they both tried to get a hold of Jody, and nobody could get a hold of her. She wouldn't answer the phone or anything. And her sister knew that that was weird only because she's pregnant and she knew that Jody would obviously answer the phone for her in case she went into labor or something. She was very worried about that. And so Cindy, the mom, had a really bad feeling and she went home and there was no mail on the counter and her car was gone. And so her and her husband, Brian, Oh my god, another one. So my son's name's Brian. They're like banging my family all over. But anyways. I kept thinking that the whole time. And I was our like, boss I is know. named as Brian, but not to be confused for any reason whatsoever, believe me. No doubt. Uh, they ended up calling all of her friends, all the people that she knew, people in her dance class, all of that. And nobody had heard from her, but they did say that she had a meeting at noon that she did not go to. And so the dad called the police at like 6 o'clock that night to report her missing. Chief, which I spelled wrong, Sean Wallace and Mark McCaslin, who was the lieutenant, they talked to the parents and they found out that she had a boyfriend named David who was in Texas at the time visiting his brother and he seemed really upset about it. So they were just like, he's probably not the one. <laughs> Which is always good if you could knock him out early because they focus too much time on somebody if they don't get him cleared. And then you've lost time because, you know, they always say first 48 hours, yeah. that's the big one. But they always focus on the dad, the boyfriend, the, yeah. the brother. Right. And I understand. It's yeah. just if you spend too much time on it, you're not going other places. Exactly. But they talked to him and he said that he would come back to Arkansas Right? Nope, Kansas. Can Arkansas, Arkansas City, City Kansas. Kansas. See, that's why I got so confused. He would be back as soon as he could. <laughs> Whatever town it was. <laughs> Kansas, Kansas. Her friends from dance practice also said that there was a, a dude that was watching them in the parking lot for a while. Like, for more than one practice. He was just watching from the parking lot. And so that was weird. And his name was Justin. And he worked at a sandwich shop in the town and he had been previously arrested for a lot of crimes but they were like all non-violent like theft and stuff like that he they still went to talk to him that day that evening after they called the police and he said he was on a road trip with three of his friends 
and his car got stuck in mud and his dad picked him up from the state lake in Cowley County. The police couldn't find her car and her dad called all the news stations, local news stations and everything to tell them what was going on to get the word out. And then the next day, Agent David Filetti, I think I'm saying his name right, with the Kansas Bureau of Investigations joined into the investigation. And he spoke to David, who he said was generally upset. And then he spoke, and that he hadn't spoke to Jody since January 4th, two days earlier. And his phone and bank records were fine, so they eliminated him completely. Nothing seems sketchy. Yeah. So he was in Texas. He had nothing to do with it. He hadn't talked to her, so that he was done. And so they went back to Justin. They went into his history. His ex-girlfriend said that he liked to spend a lot of time... I don't know if you pronounce this as a word or just say the letters, but it was like K-A-W Wildlife Area. So I guess it's initials for a wildlife area in that town. Yeah. I just... I was confused about how to say it, so I'm just saying K-A-W. Um... 40, it was 4,300 acres of rugged terrain. And she told the detective that he liked to spend a lot of time there. He went to a boat dock there a lot. And she said that one time he told her, Justin told his ex-girlfriend, that he could kill someone and dump them in that area and nobody would ever be able to find it. He sounds like a hell of a guy. Yeah. And that's a weird conversation. <laughs> like, how do you have that conversation? Hey... Brett, my husband, I I know this place where if you killed somebody, you could dump the body. I mean, I would just think right off the gate, this is not a forever guy. Like, "Mm, I'm not feeling it. It's a little scary. He's a spooky guy. He's about to kill me. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, that's bizarre. And I'm a crime person, so I do say shit like that. But for a regular guy, or when I was in high school, for a guy to say, hey, you know, out here, I'd be like, oh, okay, thanks. It was great. I could really No callbacks on you, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) They, they ended up getting a hold of those three friends that he said he was with, that Justin said he was with, and they all said that they did not see him the whole day. One was at work, one had a doctor's appointment, and one was also in Texas, like... David. Yeah. So he's a spooky liar. Yeah. So but he's he, a liar. He completely lied. So then they decided they were going to look at the security cameras from the college, from Cali College that she went to. And they saw Jody's black car leave right after practice, and then a blue Cadillac followed, and they knew that Justin had a blue Cadillac. So that's a nice car for being a batshit nut guy. Anyway, go ahead. sandwich shop. Unless, <laughs> unless it's an old caddy, you know, like a wannabe caddy. <laughs> like hand-me-down from a dad or something. Well, you know how people do that. They go, I drive a Cadillac. Right. It's a 1972 <laughs> beat-up Seville. I'm not proud, you know. You're not all nice. <laughs> They noticed that he went to the school actually a lot. That They found his car on the videotape for a lot of days leading up to the 5th, the day that, that he took her, they think. So that kind of made him think, you know, stalker. Yeah, he's stalker. out there. He's cracked in the head. <laughs> yep. The police brought him in on his way home from Bingo. He was with his mom and sister. They went to Bingo. Aww. Oh, and then the place Bingo. <laughs> I know. you got to be a certain type of crazy for I, Bingo, I'm just saying. I was like, you know... That's not a bad. That's not a bad activity for you to be involved. When in. I'm not murdering, I'm I like guy. to win money at bingo. Yeah. <laughs> for my Cadillac. Yep. So they pulled the mom and sister and him over. They got him because he was out on bond for a theft charge he already had, 
and the police got a search warrant for Justin's parents' home because that's where he lived with his parents. And his dad, which I thought was funny, his dad's like, take him. <laughs> like, he told the police but that he, he didn't play bingo with him, so no. <laughs> he's not in the in crowd. His dad <laughs> told the cops that when he got home on the 5th, he was putting clothes in the laundry and he was washing um, his muddy tennis shoes. And the police confiscated the shoes, the clothes, his phone, and his Cadillac. And then on January 7th, so the next day, the police went out to search the wildlife area where he told his ex-girlfriend that he would dump somebody. (laughs) You're not real smart, though. They never are. No, I know. A lot of them aren't. They never found any evidence on the shoes, the clothes, or the car. There was a shoe print across the street from Jody's house that matched... Justin's tennis shoes and the same kind of shoe print was also found at the wildlife area about a quarter mile from the boat dock right but that don't mean anything exactly and then there was also another one found by the state line but a lot of people probably have the same tennis shoes I would think So, um, so in came two people named John and Ron Cannon they were two firefighters who were also search and rescuers so they came to help because things were getting a little dicey. They tracked the prints and they found 50 prints from what they think was Justin's shoes and f- only four prints from what they said was flip-flop shoes. Like her shoes. They're yeah. trying to imply that she was wearing flip-flops. Yeah, because who wears flip-flops in a wildlife area? Right, but <laughs> what was she wearing when she was dancing? Because that wasn't flip-flops. I know, right? So, I don't know. So that's, they're just assuming. Yeah. That they imagine that that is Jody's shoes. But the funniest part is, not funny, but like ironic. Not funny, like <laughs> Yeah, funny like, oh crap. <laughs> when John and Ron were driving home, that is when they got their biggest lead. So they ended up, they were driving home and they found a rest area. And leading up to the area, they found like dirt transfer, which I assume is like when you're digging. In one place, yeah. Yeah. So they, they saw that, and so they ended up going there, thinking that's kind of suspicious. And they looked in the bathroom, and they found all of Jody's mail. Oh, what a dirtbag. Yeah, her family's mail. But still, you have to tie him to it. Even though you don't know about it, you don't know it. Yeah. They also found a flip-flop, so it was Jody's flip-flops. They maybe she assume. took off her shoes in the car, and she wore flip-flops. Yeah. Or maybe she went home or and showered after. Flip-flops. Right, right. No, that makes sense. And then... Oh, yeah. They also found Jody's um, college jacket. Mm. So it is Jody. <laughs> With and, someone. Yeah. So they called the police. Ron and John called the police to search the rest area. And they looked in toilets, the bathrooms, the septic tanks, all that. And they found Jody's wallet, her dance shoes, and the floor mats out of her car. So a little side note on dance shoes. You don't want to wear them on when you're not in, da- in a dancing studio. Yeah. They used to dance. You got to take them off because they'll ruin them. Yeah, especially if you're outside to to in a wooded area. <laughs> well, they have to be able to slide on that kind of floor. So, so this is getting more and more suspicious. Steve, I don't know how to say this last name. <laughs> K O C H. Steve Coach. Steve Coach from KBI, the Bureau of Investigations, was also able to make a cast from the prints. 
that they found. And he, I don't know exactly how this works, didn't go into it, but he said from the cast that he made from the shoe prints, he said they are definitely Justin's. So it's the wear pattern. So I walk on the inside of my feet, so the bottom ridge of my shoes are worn on the inside. And that would okay. be different than yours. And everybody's wear different because your feet, you carry your weight different when you walk. So yeah. if he poured a cast, it would say how deep and how not deep those ridges on those shoes are. Okay. And then they can look at that and make a cast of his foot, See, his shoe. And if it's the same, it's almost like a fingerprint. I mean, everybody walks different. See, I didn't know how that worked. Yeah. I was like, okay, you made a cast and <laughs> right. good job. <laughs> right, that's how they do it. Well... On January 9th, trackers noticed another disturbed area off the path, and they saw a wood pile, and then they saw a hand. So Jody was under the wood pile. Yes, it was sticking That's out. gross. People are gross. Yeah, I know. And she was found naked. Of course, because she's a was, freako. <laughs> and she was beat. And sticks she were didn't covering, go easy. No, she didn't. And sticks were covering her body, and they thought she was most likely sexually assaulted. Of course. Obviously, they have to prove that. <laughs> Sometimes you can't, they can't get their dick hard, though, when they yeah. get to all that trouble and work up all the anticipation, exactly. trash people. And they're like, oh, and I Sometimes hate you. <laughs> that's the other reason they beat them, yeah. Because they're asshole pieces yeah. of shit. Anyway. Exactly. And good for her for fighting. Exactly. God love her. No doubt. Dental records confirmed that that is who it was. It was Jody. She was strangled and had blunt force trauma. She was actually hit so hard it damaged an artery in her neck. And it was also confirmed that she was, in fact, sexually assaulted. Oh, so he made it work. Piece yeah. of shit. I'll <laughs> be the last pussy he ever gets, I hope. Dog. I think they actually... I don't want to ruin anything, but he was actually got for, um, like, sodomy and just sexual assault. So, like, what I don't know. a gross human being. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to get in the details because it's just <laughs> gross. It is. People like that, I, I don't know. He just needed to unalive himself. I hope the state did it, but go on. <laughs> Her car was found in the lake, which they kind of figured it would be. Since right, they couldn't given find the area it. and all the stuff, yeah. But they thought, they, they assumed that the water would ruin the evidence in the car because the water, the pressure from the water was actually really hard and it opened her sunroof. Mm -hmm. And so they thought that it was gone, but it was not. They found an arm hair that belonged to Justin. They also found his DNA under her fingernails and his cell phone, um, the location on his cell phone showed pinged. that he was at the lake mm -hmm. and at the wildlife area. Yeah, pinged. They pinged him. Yeah. The way they did that. Yeah. So not everything was a buzz. So, <laughs> so he's in it to win it at this point. Piece yeah. of trash. So they believed that he followed her from practice to her home, probably grabbed her when she grabbed the mail since the mail was found. Right forced her into her own car, drove to the wildlife area, tortured her, killed her, and then got rid of her body in the car. That's that's their put together of what happened, probably. How'd he get back, though? To his car. And where was his well, car? Well, remember, he said his dad picked him up because he said his car got stuck. Oh, that's So maybe right. that part was true. Right. He needed yep. a ride home. But how did he get her to take her car? Anyway, go ahead. Shove her in there. Right, but he would have <laughs> to be with her. So, where was his car when he abducted her outside of her house? That's what I'm saying. That's true. It's kind of a weird, it's a weird flex. I mean, if he got it stuck, or if he said he got it stuck, like, down from her house, and then snatched her in her car, and then 
flooded the car, her dad would still, here was dad would have to come and get him out there, and then he would have to get his car wherever he had it, but yeah. I'm sure they worked it out, but it's a weird flex. Yeah, I didn't even think about any of it. I was just like, oh yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I'm extra, so <laughs> keep that in mind. He was charged with capital murder, attempted rape, and aggravated sodomy, and aggravated kidnapping, and his trial was delayed like so many times. A lot. I don't know why. But this happened in 2007. He did not finally go to trial until February 2nd, 2009. And Jody's family was like, kill him. Death penalty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want the death penalty. Absolutely. <laughs> there was over 60 witnesses that testified to the evidence against Justin. And the trial lasted seven days. The jury only deliberated for three and a half hours. And he was found guilty of all charges. And he was sentenced to death. In March 2009. And, and again, then, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, I'm almost always anti-death penalty, but when you find someone's semen in a beaten-to-death body, semen is everything. Like, DNA is everything. Yeah. And I find it, like, then you did it, man. Like, you're trash. No and, <laughs> and there's no way around it. I mean, I don't believe in, because of all the wrong convictions and all that, but, dude. You did it. You did it. I <laughs> mean, there's you. not even a way. Exactly. Around it, so bye-bye needle time. Uh, I found a couple of just extra facts, well, like at the end of all of this. Uh -huh. So I wanted to just put those in Is there. he dead yet? No. Well, that's sad. He is not. <laughs> um, of course, I'm sure he doesn't like prison, but still. Probably not. So on July 1st, 2008, they actually made a new law called Jody's Law mm -hmm. in Kansas, so police could act earlier if it's a stalking case. Because stalking is a little more Ugly. high risk. Yeah. And yeah. So They're they working themselves up to something. Yeah. Justin's conviction is being was being looked into because in 2017, his attorneys claimed he was mentally disabled at the time he did this. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> but in 2018, his death sentence was postponed by the Supreme Court. And then a post-conviction DNA test was approved by the Supreme Court as well. So, why? I don't know. I mean, if they have DNA, what's the post-conviction DNA? I'm not sure. It's kind of, that's a dicey little thing. We'll have to come back and revisit that, because why, if you had DNA and DNA matched, would you need to do a post-conviction exactly, DNA? Exactly, that's what I was thinking. I didn't find that, though. And he worked in a sandwich shop, drove a Cadillac, and hung out with his dad, so he wasn't mentally disabled what's in the funny, traditional way, I don't think. He worked in a sandwich shop, but he was also studying criminal justice <laughs> so he's not that mentally disabled i don't buy it i think he learned a lot from that criminal justice class and yeah he was smart enough to he know what he it needed out. to do yeah he figured it out douchebag yep well that's all for this one and we are going to do as many as we can to build up the website again i feel really bad about it kind of falling apart but we are back at it and hot for the game and I have uh, my podcast is going to be about a little girl named Maria who was murdered in Muncie, Indiana and then I have an interesting case from Fort Wayne and yours next one is from where? Um, my next one is from Houston, Texas Houston! Or around the Houston area yeah. in Texas So, thanks for joining us Check back, we're going to be really working at it you know we both started so I took another big job which is always a pain in my ass at first and then I brought Cheyenne into my big job which made it a double pain in the ass and it took a while to get everything shook down and in a routine and so we are 
back with a vengeance. And we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks, everyone.